everyone. My name is Belinda, and welcome to the podcast, My Come the Truth. Today's day is December the 9th, of this recording is December the 19th, 2021, and today's episode is about, uh, is the episode 18, the book review, Remember the Time by Teresa Gonzalez. The real title is called, Remember the Time, A True Intimate Look at Michael Jackson Through Letters with Michael, written by Teresa Gonzalez that was released in 2009. This is this episode is a book review of that book. And in the first episode of this podcast, I stated that um, book reviews will be done that will be done on Michael that have to be released from the time he passed away and after, not before. Uh, those books that were released on Michael before he passed away uh, will not be revealed in this podcast because it's assumed that everybody has read those books. So there really is no point in me reviewing those books unless they're re-released. So this book, uh, this review, uh, rather this episode, is going to be about uh, my issues with the book, the rating system of the book that I have. Each book review will have a rating system. And it will have spoilers in this episode. So if you have not read the book, my suggestion is not to listen to this podcast. But if you have read the book and you don't mind the spoilers, you can listen to the podcast. And if you don't, you know, have no desire to read the book, you can listen to the podcast. Um, the best way to listen to this podcast is on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and um, other places. Not YouTube, unfortunately, not YouTube. Our website, the blog, uh, is michaelandthetruth.blogspot.com, and the website for the show notes is michaelandthetruthpodcast.blogspot.com. Social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Facebook is michaelandthetruthpodcast. Twitter is at womanfocus. Instagram is at michaeljets. Oh, michaelandthetruthpodcast, and YouTube is michaelandthetruth. You type in michaelandthetruth on the search bar, and it pops up. The best way to contact me is always email, which is michaelandthetruth at gmail.com. So let's get to the review. Um, I purchased a book uh, sometime in August of 2009 when um, this individual named Teresa Gonzalez was going to write a book about her time with Michael. And I thought, okay, well, we'll see what this is about. I brought the book thinking that the book was good. And it was okay. And as time went on, as years went on, I realized that maybe there's some problems with the author and the book itself. So let's get into who she really is. Who is this author? Who is this person that wrote the book on Michael? So her name is Teresa Gonzalez. And when I was doing some digging on her, I saw this uh, website that did a, um, what you want to call a background thing on her. So I'm going to read to you. What was stated? Um, she's it stated, uh, Cape Verdine Descent. I was born in Boston, Massachusetts in 1958. I grew up the only girl amongst four boy, four brothers. I graduated from Boston Technical High School in 1976 with an Astounding Achievement Award in English. Though I never graduated from college, I did take numerous classes that would help me in life, which consisted of accounting, English, and creative writing. Michael Jackson was a major influence in my life at a young age, in spite of what the media details of him today and the changes he made with his outer body. I am thankful that there was a Michael Jackson. He saved my life, kept me writing for numerous years. When my dreams of meeting him became a reality, he told me my writing made him want to meet me. 
because it was as if I was standing there talking to him. Writing to me has always been a way of escape, a way to protect myself. It was a way of escaping the problems of the of real life and going into a dream world, a dream world which has now become my real life. Today, I am motivated by my children, my nieces, and my grandkids, and simply the zest for life. Okay. And it says on here, uh, her accomplishments, she currently owns um, a small software training and accounting services company. Currently, we have embarked on a publishing services. I have recently entered my works in the following contest, Arizona Authors Awards, Reader Views, Book Awards, and EP Independent. Publisher Book Awards. I anticipate winning. Okay. Interesting that she said that about <laughs> about Michael. You know, this is going to be a common theme of this lady when she continues to talk about him as if uh, she needs to bring up this thing regarding his facial expressions, his facials, what he done to his auto body. Um, okay. Which, what does it have to do with her? I don't know. I have no idea what it has to do with this uh, individual, but um, I'm going to go ahead and play a video that she did, or interview that she did, where she talked about meeting Michael. Back in 2010, she did this interview with a YouTuber named Gadget Trish, and this is when Teresa already released her book, and she's out there promoting her book, and she talks to a YouTuber named Gadget Trish. I'm going to play you what she tells her, what she said the book is about. Okay. Uh, hi everyone, I'm here with Trish Pagato. Oh my goodness. And I have three books because we bought some gifts. Now you might know I've been raving about this book the last week. And um, I have some highlights from the discussion. But Teresa, I guess the question is, what do you want the readers to get out of your book? I really would like them to get to know a side of Michael that I knew. And just to humanize him. And that was actually the whole intent of writing it, is to show that he wasn't just a superstar, he was also a person. Okay, well, I feel, you guys know what my journey is, you know what I want to do in life. I feel like it's possible now. Um, so I thank you for writing this book. I, I miss Michael and I love the Jackson family quite dearly. They're, they're part of history. And um, so here's some of our highlights. So you heard that. Um, she wrote the book to humanize Michael as if Michael's music didn't do that, as if Michael's interviews didn't do that, but a book uh, written by a woman that we're not even sure even had a connection with Michael Jackson, uh, she's going to tell you who he is as a human being, okay? More like tell you, you know, how many times he messed up his face. So anyway, um, and then you heard... I'm not going to comment on the YouTuber. I don't understand how your goal in life is to the Jacksons. That's unfortunate. But anyway, um, let me keep going with uh, what Teresa said about Michael to J. Man Torbielli in 1991 for his book, man, The Man in the Mad... The Man in the Madness. What is it called again? <laughs> I have no idea. The Magic in the Madness. Okay. You know that I'm not a J. Man Torbielli supporter, so I'm going to forget the name of his stupid book. Let me read to you what she said to him on 140, pages 141 to 143. During, the November, December, during that November, December 1974 Las Vegas engagement, Teresa Gonzalez, a devoted 15-year-old fan from Boston, Massachusetts, met Michael Jackson for the first time. 
His office had been writing fan letters to Michael for a couple of years and had also struck a pen foundation with 18-year-old Latoya, who told her, Michael and I like your letters because you wrote, you write about things we don't know about, drugs, street life, partying, and being a teenager. We don't know much about that. Let me stop there. So, you don't know much about being a teenager, and you're a teenager. Does that make any sense to y'all? Let me continue. Teresa has said in one letter to Michael that she had planned to fly to Las Vegas for her 16th birthday to meet him. And when she got to Las Vegas for her 16th birthday to... I'm sorry. When she got to Las Vegas, Teresa and 16-year-old Michael struck a friendship that will last for the next four years. They got off to a rocky start, however. Teresa met Michael on an elevator after his second show at the MGA Grand. MGM Grand. I did not like him at all, she recalled. My first impression of him was, what a snob. Bill Bray has said to him, well, Michael, two down and 14 more to go, being they had finished two shows and, uh, and had 14 more performances to do. And Michael said in a real cut tone, look, don't knock it, Bill. Just don't knock it. He had a real attitude and was the most stuck-up little kid I ever met. Then, in, in a belligerent tone, he said to Bill, I'd like to see you in my office, please. When they left, I said to myself, after all these years of being a fan, I don't even like this kid. I'm ready to go home now. Let's stop there. When has Michael ever talked to an elder like that? I've never heard him. And Bill takes that. I, I question that. I don't think that ever happened. The family, however, welcomed Teresa with open arms, mostly because uh, they were awed by her nerve. The fact that she had flown all the way from Boston to Las Vegas on her own. It was difficult for her to cut her trip short. Catherine was at, Jack, Catherine Jackson asked her for her mother's phone number and said that she was going to telephone Rosetta to let her, to tell her that she would personally keep an eye on Teresa. They were all very nice, she recalled. Janet in particular was sweet. She was all, she was only eight at the time and performing two shows at night. So two shows a night. I never for a moment got the impression that she was spoiled. Eighteen Latoya, on the other hand, was prissy. From for some reason, Joe was not there. I don't know where he was, but it was said that had he been there, the family would not have been so open to me. The Jacksons at the time were upset with Tito's wife Dee Dee because uh, they felt she was spending too much of his money. Jackie and Eden had just gotten married. Eden was fun to be with and excited about being a newlywed, but I think a little confused about the attention Jackie got. For instance, uh, one night while Catherine, Enid, and I were sitting at a table watching a boy's show, Enid pointed out to two girls two girls in the audience. She see those two over there, she said, they follow my husband everywhere. No matter where in the country he is, there there they there they were. Or there they are. It it's really unnerving and I don't get it. I think it could it could lead to trouble. Teresa saw, uh, stayed for a week and attended every show, courtesy of the family. During that time, Michael warmed up to her, and she to him. He began teasing her during performances, making faces at her from the from the stage. One night backstage after a show, Jackie grabbed Michael and pushed him toward Teresa, trying to force him to kiss her. He was scared to kiss him, and I was fine as well. We were just student, um, 16. Our brothers like liked to tease him about me. The family treated her to Betty Beals. She still has a number of photographs of herself with all of them. But as much as she enjoyed being with them, she still longed for some time alone with Michael. She got her, she got her wish on her last night in Las Vegas. 
Michael decided he didn't want to go out for to dinner with the rest of the family in between shows. It was my chance, she said. But after everyone left uh, for the restaurant, Michael went into his dressing room, started reading the Jehovah's Witness Bible, and then closed the door. Finally, he came out and invited me in, Teresa recalled. On the wall of his dressing room was a picture of the moon. On the other wall was photos of the solar system. Monitoring a picture of some stars, he asked me, when you look at that picture, what do you think of? I shrugged. He said, doesn't it make you think of God? After a few minutes of awkward silence between the two teenagers, Teresa asked him uh, what was he reading. He handed her the Bible and pointed her the scripture by Matthew. Then he explained to me that the world would be coming to an end soon and that he started telling me what signs to look for when it, this was about when this was about to happen, I was thinking to myself, why is he telling me this? And I started to get scared. Do you believe in the devil? Michael asked her. Uh, Teresa refused to answer. Mostly, I was afraid of to answer. Nobody has ever asked me a question like that, she said. Finally, she was able to change the subject. It, was, it wasn't easy because the only part of his life he wanted to talk about was God. Finally, we started talking about our studies. He was sweet then. And we chatted for two hours. He was shy, and I knew he would be. I was surprised at his devotion to his religion. That was not played up in the press at all, so I didn't know any, I didn't know about it. He wasn't a normal kid, that's for certain, but I enjoyed being with him. I liked his innocence and was influenced by him. In fact, I stayed away from boys because of the way Michael had influenced me that night. I didn't even believe in sex before marriage for a long time because of talking to Michael about it. He was firm that premarital sex was wrong and was very convincing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa Teresa stayed away from sex. Yeah, that's that's not what happened. We know that's not what happened. Okay. So that's the history and she said more when she uh did an interview um back in two thousand and eight. I'm gonna go search for that interview. Give you a minute. Oh, that's, I think that's it. Okay. Teresa's relationship with Michael began when she was 12 years old. Okay, now it's 12 years old. She became obsessed with him and wrote him numerous letters until they met in Las Vegas for her 16th birthday. The obsession continued as they stayed in touch from that point on. Their worlds have continuously gone first circle, always leaning back to each other. The last they saw, uh, saw each other four days before his arrest for current child abuse allegations, molestation charges, as she introduced her own son, Michael, named after Michael, to him. Michael had his kids with him as well and was generally happy to see that Teresa's son was well taken care of. However, it was Teresa's son, Todd, that was the controversy behind his song, Billie Jean. Her friendship with Michael was such that she confided to him about all aspects of her life. Indeed, telling her situation about her baby's daddy. Michael wrote the song Billie Jean about her. Okay. If you actually believe that. Okay. Now, that's the history. Now we're going to get into the problems with the book. Uh, the Billie Jean story, the supposed relationship, uh, she's very jealous, uh, critical of Michael, gossips too much, and bashes the fans. So let's start with the Billie Jean story. The Billie Jean story is uh, <laughs> is a real crazy. It's it's over the place. I don't I don't know where to begin, y'all. 
I really don't. I don't know where to begin with this lady and her crazy ass story. Why? Because it's all over the place. You know what I mean? It's like... Let me take it back. Let me say... I don't want to say... Well, yeah, crazy ass stories. Um, because there's, there, there's holes in the story. That's, that's why it's crazy. Um, let me find her book where she starts talking about it. I would think that, you know, MJ fans who took the who interview over the years would take the time to really investigate how true this story was. Um, we never did for some reason. I don't know why. We never sat down and said, is this, is this lady telling the truth? We never did that. I don't know why. Um, so let's get into it. She did an interview with, um, was it Star Magazine? In 1983. I don't know. I'm going to say 1983. And I'm going to put an article now. Um... If you hear some clicking, then look at the article. Ah, I found it. So, the article is blurry. So, it's going to give you a, a hard time. I'm going to read as best I can, okay? Because um, it's not... You know how you look at images online and it's like it has like a blurry thing going on? It's not like... Uh, it's not HD. It is like that with this one. So, and I wear glasses. So... Let's my, let me try my best to read this. It's written by Leon Wagner. So it says, Meet Billie Jean, the mystery girl behind Michael Jackson's smashing hit song. She is Teresa Gonzalez, 24, who has been a close friend of the pop, pop singer for 10 years and claims that problems in her own life helped inspire the song. Two years ago, at the same time that Jackson's Thriller came, Thriller album with the song Billie Jean came out, Teresa had a baby and her boyfriend uh, denied that he was the father. She, uh, she told she something said, she told, I don't know what it says, she told Jackson about it and that inspired the song. Everybody in the Jackson family. Listen carefully to what she said. Let me stop here. Because in her book, she doesn't mention this. But in this article, she says this. Everybody in the Jackson family says he wrote it for me. The young woman says. That's what she says. But in her book, she doesn't say that. She says Michael told her he wrote the song for her. But in this article, she says that Michael, I'm sorry, the Jacksons told, everybody in Jackson said she was strong for her. And, um, and the lyrics of the song, which tell of a scorn. Wow. A scorn woman or a scorn mom who whose lover denies he is the baby's, he is the, he is the boy's baby, he is, it's blurry, y'all, denies that he's the baby's father, 
seems similar to her story. The last time I was with Michael, I had a I had my baby with me. Teresa recalled, and I I um I something to my I I blank to my baby. Todd, this is oh, I said to my baby, Todd, this is the man who thinks Billie Jean and you're Billie Jean's kid. Michael wrote the song and on the song and about me about okay, Michael wrote the song for me and about me. Um Teresa says uh, she was generally subjected okay, I can't read any more this I can't I can't see any, it's too blurry. But basically she said she brought the baby to Michael and told the baby that this man wrote the song that's inspired by you. <laughs> this gets better. So then so 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 that's that, right? So then I'm gonna read to you what she said in her own book. Page fifty four, page fifty six, and page fifty seven, okay? Okay, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what else she told in another interview about about um Okay. So I'm gonna tell you another interview she did where she talked about uh this very this very situation because you know people love to uh, uh tell fables. So let me get to what she said in her book. Do you remember 1983 Boboa Park over by the baseball diamonds when you laid on the grass and picked up my oldest son Todd and he and held him playfully in the air with your feet? Yeah, my kid, the kid behind the song you told me you wrote about me. The Jackson family told you, according to your art to the interview that you did, Teresa, for uh, Star Magazine, the Jackson family told you the songs about you. Not Michael, now it's Michael. Mm hmm. Okay. He wasn't quite two yet. I wish he was ours. <laughs> I, mean, I have a theory with that. I'll get to that in a minute. Can you believe he's 27 years old now? Uh, while I thought it was sweet of you, it's sweet that you wrote the song for me, it wasn't a situation I wanted the world to know about. That's for sure. What woman wants the world to know that some man was saying their kid isn't his? Well, other than the woman on the movie poet show, did I make you laugh? I used to be able to make you laugh. We laughed so much when we were together. Billy Jean, together we uh, we are amused by all the speculation, but so many things have changed between us at the time. Did we grow apart or did we just grow up? Good question, huh? When I stopped writing to you as much as I used to at the time, I called myself Lady Go of the fantasy of you. Besides, I lived close by. I had access, so why bother writing so much anymore? Uh, what I didn't realize at the time was that it was the writing that connected the dots between us. I called myself trying to become a bad girl after I stopped studying the Bible. As I had told you of my plight of being pregnant, the next time I saw you, you said, Matter of fact, I wrote a song for you about you. I was flattered before I heard the song, but when I heard the song, I was like, No, he didn't. So, yes, let the people speculate. I want to clarify to you that you never became one of many. But Michael, Billy Jean, when you told me about the song, who the hell would have thought it would have been such a phenomenal success? Wait, wait a minute, you knew. Okay. Now, we all know that first she said in the Star Magazine article that the Jacksons told her the song 
the family told her that Michael wrote a song for her. Then she says here that Michael told her he wrote a song for her. It's two different stories. I'm just saying, it's two different stories. Then, in Chase 56, she says, It had only been a few months after the Pepsi debacle when Star Magazine called to ask if I was a real Billy Jean and if I would interview. Who told? Maybe you did? Not sure who brought them to my attention. You did. Maybe one of my friends. I remember someone from Star Magazine called my job. I had been, ne I had never been in front of the media before. It was kind of, it was kind of interesting. But I felt our story was just that ours, and who would, who would really care? While you told me the song was written about, written for me about me, what was the big deal? I toyed with the idea of the interview, and then of course, as usual, I came over to the house, and you, sorry, and you again welcomed me in. Was it was there really any time you didn't agree to see me if I came looking for you? Well, other than that incident with your dad, that is. Eventually, I did stop coming though. Anyway, I had come to ask you if you were okay with my with my doing the story for Star Magazine. Your immediate response was, are they going to pay you? I haven't even thought about that. I don't know. Well, do the story only if they pay you. Tell them anything you want, and I'll be I'll back you up 100%. Uh, yeah, tell them anything I want, huh? What about New York? I laugh almost nervous, a nervous giggle, really. You smile, let them keep, let, let's keep that personal for now. That will make it harder on you. I have every intention to. It took a while for me to understand, but now I do understand what you meant by making it harder for me. You knew the scrutiny of the press, and not just the press, but the judgmental people from all over, from all around. When the Star Magazine article came out, I was amazed at the Truth was actually in it, but I did notice that they did took things out of sequence. Why was I surprised by it was the cover story? Well, the song had been out for a while now, and I honestly didn't know what the big deal was. The anointing of Billie Jean was the big deal, selling me. I called you and you told me to come over to the house and brought the Star Magazine article uh, to you. Look at this, Michael, from the front the front page of Billie Jean in Michael Jackson's life and her baby. Yeah, you were, you're used to it. I'm sure... I sure wasn't used to any of the stories being written about us. We had been in each other's lives for over 10 years at that point, and not too many people knew about the time we shared together. You looked at it and you said, good, by the way, they pay you? Yes, great, you should use that money to take care of your son. Thinking about the kid, I was impressed. As I look back on it, were you in pain? To okay. This one was weird. Uh, yeah, uh, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Version, I don't believe that version at all. So then she did another interview where she talked about, because uh, remember, there's two sides to every story in this life. Never forget that. There's two sides to every story. So she did an interview with some website, and she had talked about, she was asked, um, can you tell us a little bit why Michael wrote Billie Jean after you? As if, now these MJ fans know better that Michael did not write this song for her. Okay, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yes, he wrote the song because he was disappointed in me. After having me move to California, he left me alone a lot. In fact, after a while, it was like I saw him more than I when I lived far away. So I started seeing this guy. Got pregnant, to which the guy started saying that baby wasn't his. I had no choice but to tell Michael about it. He wrote this song, then told me he wrote it. Okay. Let's say that's true. You, you were upset... That he was gone a lot. Okay. Why do you think. 
Oh, he left you alone. Okay, so in that time that he wasn't there, we know why he's working on albums. He's getting ready to be doing shooting music videos. He later called short films. He he's getting ready for a tour. He's doing all kinds of work, trying to get some businesses up and running. Your stupid ass, Belinda, mm, mm, gotta hold back. Teresa could have went to school. Teresa could have got that college degree. Teresa could have better herself. She didn't do any of that. She waited for a dude to come back. And since she couldn't wait anymore, she messed around with another dude who was Todd's father. Todd Senior. And Michael was disappointed in her. Okay. But that's a twist she made. So Michael decides, you know what? I'm going to write a song letting her know how disappointed I am. It's going to call Billie Jean. And, you know, how does that relate to what the song is about? And what he said the song was about. None of this makes sense. So, you know it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't. So, I remember, we're going to fast forward to probably 2017-16. There was a 16-17. There was a fan who made a post on Lipstick Alley. This is when I used to post on Lipstick Alley. Uh, not anymore. But when I used to post on LipstickAlley.com, um, uh, a fan stated on the conversation it was a thread all about another Looney Tune claim to have connection with Michael and turn out to be false. We're not gonna mention your name right now. Um this person said on a comment on the on the message board that she is friends with Todd Senior, the father of Todd, who's Teresa's son. And she said that basically Teresa is lying. I said, hmm. Let me see if I can ask this fan this question. So, I went on this together and I asked the fan. I asked her, how are you? I hope things are well with you in the new year. Um, and this was dated January 15, 2017, almost five years ago. I have a question that I wanted to ask you for a while. I was reading one of the threads on that individual and you stated something very on a certain individual and you say something very interesting about Teresa Gonzalez. You stated that you communicated with one of the fathers of that woman's sons and stated that he told you that she is crazy. What else did he tell you? If you do not feel comfortable telling me that is fine. The individual responded back stating, Hi, I apologize for taking me for for it taking me a long time to get back to you. It has been quite some time since I checked my messages on here. The man I'm friends with is Todd's father, the child Teresa claimed Billie was written about. None of her claims are true. This man was a good father to his son, to his child, and never once denied him. He told me that Teresa was Teresa was emotionally unstable and never had any type of relationship with Michael other than a fan type relationship. They were never together or anything like that. Now. Why am I reading this? Because that's from the person who stated this to me, spoke to Todd. The man who was falsely accused of being a deadbeat father to his son, Todd Jr. And basically said that Teresa Gonzalez is a liar. Now, now you see why there's different stories and why I said you need to pay attention to what she said in her book and what she said in the article and Michael's history with the media. And why would he encourage a person to go to the very tabloids who destroyed his name and continue to plant a lie on him? Because it never happened. How would Star Magazine know who you are unless you get you contacted them? You stated on the air 
that Michael's disappointing you for leaving, for, for not waiting for him. But why are you waiting for him? You can't do something else. You can't better yourself. You can't go to school and, 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 and make something of yourself. Why are you expecting him to come back to you? We all now we know that he had other women he was dealing with too. So Teresa was not the only one. But remember, Todd said that Teresa was not ever in that connection or a relationship with Michael. It was more of a fan type relationship. And you have to, I'm going to use this mess, this response to the catalyst that is the catalyst to everything she said about this man in her book and over the years with these interviews. Because you're going to see that one, two, there's two sides of every story and consistency is important. And if you don't have consistency, it's, it's just not going to work. Michael, we all know, did a book called Moonwalk. And in his book that was released in 1988 and re-released in 2009, he talked about Billie Jean. Okay? I'm going to read to you from page 191 to 192 what he said Billie Jean is about. Not My Lover was a title we almost used for Billie Jean because Q had some objectives to calling it... Calling the song Billy Jean, my original title, he felt people might be might immediately think of Billy Jean King, the tennis player. A lot of people have asked me about this that song, and the answer is very simple. It's just a case of a girl who says, I'm the father of her child, and I'm pleading my innocence because the kid is not my son. There was never a real Billy Jean, except for the ones who came after the song. Teresa, <laughs> the girl in the song is a composite of people we've been plagued by over the years. This, this is what he's saying. Listen to what he said. The girl in this song is a composite of people we have been plagued by over the years. This kind of thing has happened to some of my brothers and I. Used to be really amazed by it. Um... I couldn't understand how these girls could say they were carrying someone's child when it wasn't true. I can't imagine lying about something like that. Even today, there are girls who come to the gate at her house, at our house, and say the strangest things like, Oh, I'm Michael Michael's wife, or I'm just dropping off the keys to our apartment. I remember one girl who used to drive us completely crazy. I mean... I really think that she believed in her mind that she belonged with me. There was another girl who claimed I had gone to bed with her, and she made threats. There were there been a couple of serious scuffles at the gate on Haverhurst, and they can get dangerous. People yell into the intercom that Jesus sent them to speak with me, and God told them to come. Unusual and unsettling things. Case closed. Oh, wait a minute. He did another interview in 1996. For VH1, where he talks about Billie Jean, because somebody asked him. So I'm going to play you what he told his fan, because this is important. Michael, did the real Billie Jean know about the song, and if she did, what were her reactions to it? <laughs> um, there's a girl named Billie Jean. But uh, it's not about that Billie Jean. Billie Jean is kind of anonymous. It represents a, a lot of girls who used to, uh, they used to call them groupies <laughs> in the 60s. They would hang around backstage doors and any band that would come to town, they would have a relationship with. And uh, I think I wrote this out of uh, experience with my brothers when 
I was little. There were a lot of Billie Jeans out there. Every girl claimed that, that their son was <laughs> related, you know, to one of my brothers. Case, case closed. So, how does that relate? We got two men who said, eh, that's, that's not true. Consistent throughout. Throughout. That's the evidence you need. Consistency is key. Teresa was never consistent. By the way, when we really think about it, I think Teresa did the crazy nonsense she did because she was so angry that she did not wait. And Michael told her if this is even true. Wait, I'm coming back. We can hang out. When she messed around with Todd and got pregnant, she was mad that Todd was not the father. I mean, sorry, that Michael was not the father of Todd. And I think that's what drove her to say she's the next Billy Jean. Remember what Todd said about her? She's emotionally unstable. Okay? He said that she is emotionally uh, unstable and never had any type of relationship with Michael other than a fan-type relationship. Keep in mind, fan-type relationship is going to kind of come up again when, we, when I tell you about two other people who had issues with Teresa. When they realized that she was trashing them in their book. In her book. Okay, now. The next issue is a supposed relationship. Like we said. Like Todd Sr. said. Teresa Gonzalez never had a relationship with Michael. So, uh, we're going to go to uh, the time that she went on the Gerardo Rivera show. Remember, Gerardo had a talk show before he was on Fox News, he had a talk show in the 90s, 80s and 90s called the Gerardo Rivera Show. I actually have um, clips of people who knew Michael on that show. I had to, uh, up. yeah, I did. I did digitalize the videos, but I didn't upload it. That's going to be next year. But anyway, um, somebody on Lipstick Alley, this is from 2013, remembered um, seeing Teresa Gonzalez on and decided to tell people what this nooning, what this woman said about Michael. Trust me, this lady is not consistent with her relationship with Michael, but she's consistent with how she feels about his looks. So let me tell you, <laughs> woo, let me read to you what she said. One thing, so this person said something, and then another person quoted. So the person who said it said, One last thing on Teresa Gonzalez. Does anyone recall her TV appearance on Gerardo's show, I think it was, when she mentions Michael being asexual. Does anyone have the video or transcripts from that? I think someone posted it one time. Even Michael's cousins were on there too. It was like in the late 80s, early 90s, I believe. I remember that. My cousin had the episode taped. Teresa was on there and had her baby with her. Now, this is the... Let me stop there. This is the second child. She likes to bring these kids up. His name was Michael. Gerardo joked that he was Michael Jackson's love child. <laughs> Teresa said that she wasn't physically attracted to him in any anymore at all because of the changes to his appearance. That's what's consistent with Teresa. She loves bringing up the issue with his face. <laughs> she loves to bring that up. But she'll never bring up the many inconsistencies with her ridiculous Billie Jean story. But anyway... She also said that she didn't like him when he first met 
him because he was bo bossing people around. The cousin that was on uh, that was on was Tim Whitehead. Bobby Taylor was on the show too. I remember Bobby Ta Bobby got annoyed because they were talking about Michael bleaching his skin, and Bobby was like. No, black folks can't get bleach. I remember liking him because he stood up for Michael. And typical of Teresa Gonzalez, when people were trashy Michael, she didn't stand up for him. Of course not. She never did. So um, now we're going to get into what is an asexual? What does that mean? What does that mean to be asexual? Because I think, like, the thing about people like Teresa Gonzalez is, you know, you say all these crazy things, you can't back it up. So why do you say these things? According to the Webster Dictionary, I have a Webster Dictionary thesaurus from 2006. The, the definition of asexual is lacking sex or functional sex organs and occurring on or formed without the production and union of two kinds of germ cells, reproduction. Okay? And then we'll get into more deeper view of uh, asexual or asexuality. Um... From a Google.com search. What is an asexual person? Asexuality is a spectrum. Here are a few terms to know. Somebody who is asexual does not experience sexual attraction to anyone. A gray asexual uh, person may experience sexual attraction very rarely or only under specific circumstances. How do I know I'm asexual? Someone who's asexual doesn't experience sexual attraction and or doesn't desire sexual contact. Asexuals can also use this, use shorthand like ace to describe their sexual orientation. An asexual person can be straight, gay, bisexual, or queer because sexual attraction is only one kind of attraction. Okay, so Teresa Gonzalez felt the need to say on national TV that Michael was asexual. And didn't think MJ fans would pick it up. And when she wrote her ridiculous book, uh, talking about her so-called sex appeals with this man in the 70s and not in the 80s, uh, she must have forgotten that she did an interview with Roger where she basically said that he was asexual. So someone who's asexual didn't have sex with you. So, because he's not sexually attracted to anybody. So how can you all how can you be all son uh this raging sexual man? Because it never happened. Let's read. Do you remember how tired you were when you came home that evening from the set of the Wiz? I was anxious just for you to get back. We talked a lot about your day because you were so excited about the days that they events that it was hard for me to not get caught up in your excitement. We didn't even eat. You just talked, and we joked about my favorite song at the time, which was "Find Me a Girl." We laughed, and as you told me about, uh, told me how you didn't even know what you were going to say when you were a brother's child. What are you gonna do? And ended up with, "I'm gonna be good to her." You were laughing at the way you said, "I'm gonna be." I still chuckle when I hear that. You decided I was sleeping in your bed that night, and you were sleeping on the couch, although I had a small hotel room down the street. You hadn't wanted me to be there alone when I came to see you and you had been gone all day. We talked for some more until we decided we better go to bed. You needed to be you needed to rest up on the next day's shoot. Sorry about that. However, we both couldn't sleep. I could hear you moving about and then you got up to the rest to use the bathroom. The bathroom was just off your bedroom. Um sorry about that. Can you close the door, please? 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 
Can you close, please? Close the door, please. I'm recording. Sorry about that. Um, so I had laid in your bed to listen to you pee, and when you came out of the bathroom, I saw you glance at in glance in at me, and you saw that I was awake too. You can't sleep either, huh? I asked you as I put my head up. You smiled at me and came in the room, closing the door behind you. You sat in the chair at your desk, which was next to your bed. You again expressed how you really excited. You're really excited. You were, uh, you were about to set, about the set that they were, that they had built for you as a scarecrow on the set of the Wiz. I set up because you wanted to proudly show it to me again. You had shown me earlier. I got out the bed. Stood up next to you and putting my arm around your waist as you pointed your out features of the replicated set. I was simply taken by your joy. When I let go of you, or when I let you go, I leaned in to look closer at what you were showing me and we ended up face to face. The full of the chemistry, it was like it was just supposed to happen that we kissed. We had not found ourselves in this position position earlier and Latoya had walked in. This time there was no distractions. It was a soft surprise kiss to uh, us both as we explored each other's mouths gently with our tongues. We both felt shy, but it didn't stop what we knew what were going to happen and when and what we were wanted to what we both wanted to happen. You took my hand and we got in your bed together, both with our hands down, our heads down. And we were mutually quite, mutually quite uh, shy. I wonder how how many other girls you have been with, if any. What about your religion? Weren't you the one who sent me to seek God? Other than what you have read in the letters, sex was never even something we had discussed. If you were still reading my letters, you knew I had been with one other guy. Even then, I felt as if I betrayed you. But my letters never stopped, and you knew my heart and was still... And was still where you were. Were you shaking more than I was? I want to stop there. Because, and let me apologize for what just happened. Yeah, things happened. Um, so, I want to stop there. So, after reading all that, um, remember, she said on Geraldo that Mike was asexual. And then, um, she also, in the same book, she also talked about uh, fooling around with him again. In the 80s. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it because she gets into detail. And this is not a... Uh, it's, this is not a podcast that we dwell on people's sexual business or sex, you know, sex scenes and stuff like that. We don't do that here. So this is a clean uh, podcast, okay? So, um, yes. And... I'm not going to read the second part where she claims she messed around with Michael, but I remember we talked, I used to communicate with her, we talked, and she uh, she said, I asked her, you know, uh, how many times has you been with this man in a sexual way or something like that, and she said, every time I saw him, we had sex. So why didn't you say that in the book? And she told me was be- it was because uh, she didn't want to upset his mother. Okay, his mother <laughs> is the same woman who teamed up with her son and her daughter to go Find Joe Jackson's whole side chick and beat her up. Remember that story? That that's a true story. That happened like forty years ago. She went out of her way to, to go to her uh to go find this side chick to go beat up uh this side chick. This is the same Catherine Jackson. You know, hold on a minute, please, hold on. I am I am recording. Sorry about that. So um you know, family.
So remember, so that's what she did. So um, that's what happened. Okay. So this is the same Kathy just to be bothered that her her son fools around with uh with women. Like as if that's any of her business. Like what what is she gonna do with that? So that's her that's what she claiming in her book. Now what do you think? You know, Todd already said that she didn't have, Teresa didn't have any of that with, uh, with Michael. So, that's someone's fantasy, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if she had messed around with him more than, sexually more than twice, then you could have said that in the book. Just like you keep talking about his face. Anyway, critical of Michael. So let's talk about this woman having the nerve to be critical of somebody that was nothing but good to you. And, you know, it makes you angry at times, but this is what I mean, you know. So in an interview she did, I don't know if it was 2008, it doesn't matter. She did an interview. And this is where well, she, she was asked, um, finally, when was the last time you spoke to Michael Jackson and what, was, what, 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 and what has been his response to the book? I think this is around the time she wrote the Obsessions book. Why would she write a book of Obsessions is beyond me. But I think that was around the time she wrote the book Obsessions, okay? I haven't actually spoken to Michael Jackson since he was arrested. I took my son to meet him for the first time. He seems to have put most people at a distance. I was trying to get in touch with him through, though, because I wanted to let him know he was not alone. See, with Michael... I've never been a yes person. I never treated him like a star. Uh, he needed to have real people in his life. Yes, I came to love him for who he was, but I love him more for what he did in my, for my life. He was okay with me, with my using of the title as, my, as such, and I know he received a copy of the book. I have not heard any comments from him. Okay, so let's, re let's examine that. You know, she assumes that uh, he has put most people at a distance um, if you're going through a crisis, you would do that, okay? Uh, if if that's even true. And uh, she was trying to get in touch with him, um, and that he was not alone. You don't care, but uh, then she goes and says, "He was Michael. She has never been a yes person. So since that, since when did Michael have yes people? What where did that come from that he had yes people? I'm I'm not understanding. I, I mean, this obsession." Uh, assumption that Michael or any big star had yes people around him because they're going through a crisis. We don't want to look into why uh, he goes through these things he went through, or he went through these things that he went through. Is it because he has yes people, or is it because people don't know no when to move on with their lives, like Teresa Gonzalez? <laughs> so, uh, you know, on Twitter, sometime in 2016, uh, she. Started talking some mess about uh, situations regarding drug use, and then she said something to the effect of, "Well, that's not why he took drugs. The profile perhaps, but not the others. Okay, how? Why did he take drugs?" Then she's asked about um, when she did this did this special on VH1 about Michael's childhood, and she had talked about how uh, they spent eight hours with her and they put words in her mouth for different questions. And then she wanted to talk about Michael's credibility, as if that's her concern. And she said, hmm, well, I hate to say it, he wasn't telling the truth, but sometimes he told different stories for any one thing. Okay, 
Teresa, you don't know Michael. So why are you sitting here saying he doesn't tell the truth? I don't understand. Why are you sitting here saying that he don't tell the truth, but sometimes he tells different stories? And then let's say that's that's the case with the different stories. Haven't you, you told two different stories about the Billie Jean thing? And she wanted you wanted to believe that Michael would be crazy enough to tell you to go to the press and run your run your mouth about him to the press. I mean, and it gets even worse. <laughs> so she does an interview with these MJ fans who just eat up what she says and don't question anything. I was going to ask you your thoughts about the upcoming trial. This was around the time Michael was trial was happening regarding Kyra and Murray in 2011. But you answered that. So I would like to know in what ways do you think we can get others to see Michael was not a child molester? Something... He and say he was. It hurts to hear slash see slash read such stuff. Well, the only way you can do that is to show that he didn't do these things. The media did a very fat, a very good job of discrediting him. It's, you have to also understand why supremacy exists in this country. That Michael threatened a lot of black or uh, white people when he uh, did the stuff he did with his talent, with his music. And it bothers them. How do you get rid of something so powerful? You, you destroy him with lies. This this is this is historic. This has been going on for black people for years. So once you start to understand that and that ment that mental psyche they have, then stuff like this. What are we proving? Michael, you know, went five months in a trial and cleared his name. Where's the evidence he did anything? There's none. So that's what you say and keep him moving. Here goes Teresa's ridiculous response. There are people who are just resigned to believing he was a pedophile, partially because he paid off the first case. It hurts to be here. Okay, they're not a people. He paid the first case. What does that mean? But they took the money. If he was an actual child molester, they wouldn't. You know how does that? How does that describe your guilt or innocence? It doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh. How does that? How does that? How does that relate to people's ignorance? They show they don't know. They don't understand the legal system. Okay, uh, it hurts me to hear that. I just had an argument with one of my adopted daughters about it. She said she doesn't believe he's guilty, but that the choices he made weren't good ones. Oh, we don't make good choices. That don't make you a child molester. I mean, what does it have to make? You? How does it make you a child molester? Why do we focus on choices, but the media refuses to change the way they treat people? The media refuses to tell the truth about his life. And Teresa made horrible decisions, but we'll let it slide because she's not accused of child abuse. But she can see here and tell you two different stories, three different stories about Michael Jackson. And that's okay. Let's talk about that. And she says she doesn't believe he's guilty, but that's what you mean, you weren't good ones. Uh, the choice that your adopted daughter made to talk to you was a terrible one. I have to agree with her. Of course. And I did say in my book, when he did that 60 minutes interview, I thought he was out of his mind. He gave the perception of guilt, but he, but really it was a arrogance that he was saying, hey, I'm Michael Jackson. I wouldn't hurt a fly, so I feel it's okay to have kids leave my bed, and I will. That is why people think he's guilty. No, people think he's guilty because they're idiots. Michael never said, you sh Michael never said, Teresa, that he, uh, would he allowed people to sleep in his bed he doesn't do anything to them. He never said he does that. He said that, you know, he wouldn't do anything to them because he's not Jack the Ripper. And and that, um, 
that doesn't make him a child molester. He's sharing his bedroom. You make it seem like it was a bed in the room, sleep with me in this bed. He, like, he got some kid and bring him upstairs to sleep in the bed with him. That's not how it happened. And we forget your bedroom things with him too, Teresa, if that's true in your book. Like, he didn't he invite you to his bedroom? Or didn't he tell you to come when you already had a room of your own? You could have stayed in your hotel room. No, you, like a groupie that you are, came to his bedroom and listened to him pee. But you want to talk about he's arrogant. But the arrogant ones are y'all. Y'all could have stayed home. It wouldn't make a difference in his life. <laughs> okay? Y'all could have stayed home. Y'all could have stayed at your place. Now he's an arrogant person for defending himself. Why do you think some of the responsibilities, Michael? Why do you think some of the responsibilities is Michael's when it comes to his death? Because he was asking for the drugs. According to who? You don't even finish. You didn't even finish college. You didn't even go to college. So how would you know what he was asking? A patient does not ask for drugs. They are prescribed medication. A doctor prescribing the medication. How was he asking for drugs? I have no doubts about that. Why not? And he normally got what he wanted. I understand that he had a hard time sleeping. Even when I spent night uh, the night with him in New York, he didn't sleep. So it's something he dealt with for a long time. But he trusted Mary with his life, and there he, and there, here we are. See, and see, the anesthesiologist bowed out, and they refused to continue to give him the propofol, and then Mary took over. Okay, according to who? I thought Murray was taught how to do anesthesiologist, uh, whatever, so Michael can sleep. Well, why didn't these doctors recommend Michael to get, treat his synthomia? But here you go, assuming stuff about Michael asking for drugs, according to who? I, I didn't know drugs was in his system when he died. I thought it was only propofol. So what, what the hell are you talking about? I have no doubts about that. Why not? But you had, you don't, we shouldn't doubt your ridiculous story. We shouldn't doubt if, if, if we shouldn't doubt if, if you're lying about you know Todd Cian being in line uh, lying about Todd Cian not being the father to your son. We but we should doubt Michael. We should doubt everything Michael's about. It's it's his fault he's dead. But we shouldn't we shouldn't doubt anything what you say coming out of your dirty mouth. Okay, I really want to ask this one. We've seen so many friends of Michael on TV say. Some say he was on drugs. Others say he never saw him take an aspirin. So what are we supposed to believe? See, you fans are so stupid. Why are you talking to this lady? <laughs> this lady is not Michael Jackson's closest friend. This is a lunatic. This woman is a groupie. This woman doesn't know anything about Michael Jackson. So here goes her, her fables. In 1993, he admitted he had a drug problem. No, in 1993, he stated he had a drug dependency issue. That's not a drug problem. On national TV at for payments and was being treated. You may never have seen him take an aspirin, but that doesn't mean he didn't take them. Okay, no, it does mean he didn't take them. If he didn't take it, he didn't take it. That's what it means, Teresa. Also, I wouldn't want to go on TV and say Michael was addicted to drugs. You went on a website. You just literally said he was on drugs. You literally said on here that he asked for the drugs. So you're implying that he's a drug addict when there's none in his system. He already got a bad rap. So why add the negativity? He had arthritis in his back. Uh, do you think he would have lived with the pain? 
arthritis in his back. What what is she what the hell is this clown talking about? I mean, and you got these dumbass fans asking her questions as if she's this expert. This is why we gotta, you know, we gotta start eliminating some fans in this fan community. Cause this is a joke. What do you think of what happened in 2009? I mean, the tour and so on. Well, sorry, but I don't buy into the conspiracy theories. I actually never felt Michael was going to do those tours. Okay, let me explain to you conspiracy theories. Because I think that Teresa does not understand. And let's get back to what Todd said about Teresa. Because I think that what we need to understand about someone like this, this stupid woman is that, you know, Michael... Um... Michael went through a lot, and Teresa wouldn't know that because at one point, she wasn't in his life, so she would not know those things. So let me read to you again what Todd told his fan, just to keep you guys in, in mind of the ridiculousness of this woman for fables. Uh, the, sorry. the man I am friends with is Todd's father. The child Teresa claims Billie Jean was written about. None of her claims are true. This man was a good father to his child and never once denied him. He told me that Teresa was emotionally unstable and never had any type of relationship with Michael other than a fan type of relationship. They were never together or anything like that. Okay? And just keep that in mind. Whenever I start to read nonsense this crazy woman has said to these fans and why she makes no sense. Michael went through a lot that he started to question certain things. That's his right to have because things were happening to him that did not add up. So if he feels in a conspiracy to kill him, and we believe it was, then that's it. You don't have to believe it because, real talk, you don't know him. You don't know him, Teresa. You know a fable. You don't know this man. And your own, the father of your own son told you, Told, the, told anyone that listened to him that you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know this man. You know him in a fan-like type of view. You do not know him personally. So you don't know the troubles he went through. Hell, you don't even acknowledge the fact he had a skin disorder. You're too busy saying he looks like death. But apparently you look better. You never was pretty, Teresa. You're not a good-looking person. So I seriously doubt Michael even wanted you. You're not even his type. From the moment the tour was announced, I said he may do a couple of shows, but I never felt he was really going to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe the doctor murdered Michael. I believe the doctor should have rotten hell, but I do believe he killed him accidentally. Possibly, we have to be also mentally prepared for him to get off. We have a tainted jury already. We have people who hate Michael who believe he got away with molesting children. Our justice system is flawed. People will just lie to get on the jury. The prosecution has already negated uh, that he gave himself profile. The, the doctor is fighting for his life, so they will come out fighting, and they will do that by discrediting Michael Sandy and decision-making. I have gone under the under profile at least 18 times, and there was no way he could have done, he done it to himself. That, the stuff burns badly. In your book, you talked about the day Michael passed away when your friend Aisha came over to your house. You you told her that Dr. Murray killed him, even though I do agree with you. Um, you, Why was that your first instinct? Because, Kara, I know he had doctors in his pocket. I was, I, It was a matter of time. You don't know anything about Michael's medical history to say some nonsense like that. You don't know what you're talking about. 
You are an ignorant fool. You don't even acknowledge the fact he had a skin disorder. So what are you talking about? He had doctors in his pocket. He had chronic illnesses. He's going to have to see multiple doctors. He had autoimmune disorders. You can't, you're going to treat that with primary care physicians going to treat autoimmune disorder? They got specialists for that. So yes, he's going to see multiple doctors. Not every doctor is uh, licensed in every state. He's a traveling person. He has to go overseas to his businesses and it may have to cater to some doctor visits. When you don't understand the nature of the disorders he had, you will say some stupid shit like, uh, he had dots in his pockets. Aren't you an ill person yourself? Where's your sympathy? Where's your sympathy? You wouldn't like someone saying you're a druggie because you have multiple doctors. You are a sick individual, a physically ill woman yourself. You shouldn't even be thinking like this. You should have sympathy for what he's going through. No, you make assumptions. And we're supposed to believe what you're saying. Because you, oh, I hung out with him a few times in the 70s and 80s, so I know what I'm talking about. Well, the father of your oldest son says otherwise. Yeah, I'm going to believe him over her any day of the week because he's sensible. This woman is sitting here mocking this man's illnesses, but she forgets she's she's ill herself. So you should have a, at least some at least some sympathy for somebody who has chronic illnesses that he had most of his life. He's going to have multiple doctors. It's not his fault. Some of these doctors are quacks. That's a lot of doctors. Is that, is that the patient's fault? No, it's not. No, it's going to be always the patient's fault when it comes to ignorance like this. Because we turn on the TV and we believe what we hear on the TV screen from people who, who, who never step foot in a doctor's office and know how things go in a doctor's office. We'll just make assumptions coming from idiots who expect that, that, that assume everybody that watches their TV show has a sixth grade education. And don't know how to question stuff. Teresa is no different than the knuckleheads that sit down on a TV screen and believe lies about Michael Jackson. Hell, she wrote a book called Gavin's Way. Wasn't Gavin one of Michael's accusers? So in my opinion, I think Teresa does think he's a pedophile. Because I wouldn't use one of Michael's accusers to as a as a, an inf as an inspiration to write a book about a boy with food allergies. I didn't know they were giving him drugs, and I didn't know some of the doctors needed the money. There was a group of doctors he dealt with, as you may know, most of the others were cleared. And as he y'all just talked, Dr. Murray had to give Michael the Poveroll. Okay, uh, the group of doctors, like I just said, Michael has autoimmune disorders, so he's going to see multiple doctors. So that's, I mean, and not just even he didn't have uh, autoimmune disorder. Every high, high level person celebrity or whatever, are going to have doctors around them because they can't go to a doctor's office. They're a celebrity. So they need a doctor there to help them. Sometimes it's a nurse. And the nurse can prescribe medication. Sometimes it's a nurse. Sometimes it's a DO. They can't have every... They can't just go to a hospital and get treated. They have to... You know, President Obama cannot go to a hospital and get treated as a security breach. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, he has to have it's normal for a celebrity to have those type of doctors. But the coroner's report states Michael was healthy with no drugs on his on his body other than the what Murray gave him on twenty fifth. But ladies, some of the responsibilities is Michael's and that's what it's hard to accept. No, what's hard to accept, Teresa Gonzalez, is you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know this man. 
The autopsy is way more credible than some fool who didn't go to college. And for some odd reason is an accountant. And I know I accountant. And they all went to school. And are are certified, uh, you know, have CPAs. I've never heard of an accountant that didn't go to college. And anyone that's letting this lady do their taxes need to reconsider. <laughs> I mean, anybody can be anything these days. Let me tell you. Then she goes and bashes the fans. Fans that smell right through her nonsense. I know you wrote it at a time in shock and grief about Michael. I know from reading Remember the Tiny has so many memories of him and his family. I hope you write several more books as you were able to. I hunger for those real stories. You show his beautiful humanity without sugarcoating things. I understand him and his family in different light. Any chance of seeing more books like this? She didn't honor him. She trashed his looks. She implied that, you know, um... She messed around with him when it might not be true. She disrespected his father in that book. How does she honor him? You hunger for real stories, so you don't hunger for the music he left out for you? Why do you need these stories when it's not even true? Uh, hard to say. It seems like the fans don't want the real side. No, Teresa, you're lying. It's not that we don't want the real side. Stop making assumptions for a group of fans, millions of people you have never had a conversation with. You are lying. That's why fans don't believe you. I'm going to choose what the man said about his own song over you. And you have changed your, your story how many times? He's going to encourage you to go talk to the tabloids. The same tabloids that lied on him and called him horrible things. You're a clown. No, hell no. You know, we don't have to. We don't want to hear no real side there. You don't know the real side. You don't know that man. I wanted to show a side, Michael, that I knew and loved someone. You don't know him. The simple side. The playful side. And we know that shit. That was on the on private home movies. Get the fuck out of here. I ain't reading shit no more. So then she goes on. She goes and she's huffing and puffing about why we don't. We were nasty to this nut job named Shana Monigal. She was like, you guys have been relentless. I guess it pains me because they have done to me. Uh, and all I had was the truth. Why are you going so hard on Shana? Because she's a liar. Like you are. Then, remember when Stephanie Bills weeks ago we <laughs> made a post on social media? She had talked about, uh, she saw a picture of her time with Michael, and she had talked about how, um, um, what did she say? She had talked about how, uh, forgive me, y'all. She had talked about how, um, she would have saved him if she was alive. Say so. Of course, of course, someone let Teresa know about it, and because her jealousy started kicking in, not you know, instead of just you know be quiet and 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 keep her mouth shut, when you're jealous and you you know you didn't have a real connection with Michael, you you comment on stuff like this because you could have just let it go and moved on, but that's not who you are. Okay, so let me go and read to you what she said that was comical, if I can find it. Uh, this is what she said. As I keep seeing a post by Stephanie about her and Michael, I truly want to respond. Of course you do. That that and the fact I keep asking ask about ask my opinion. I always say each girl has their own story with Michael. And I don't comment because I wasn't there. However, in this case, I was there. I was there at the time since she said she was spending nights, etc. And maybe she was. I wasn't there every day or every weekend or a weekend, but I was there often. I remember clearly being private to her 
telephone conversation where Stephanie was asking Latoya what should she get Micah for a gift. Latoya told her to get him a book. I smiled as I heard this because I didn't even have to ask his sister about him. I knew what he liked. I walked in the door with a book called Some Somewhere a Child is Crying for what I gather from Michael. He simply enjoyed the whiz and her music, but he wasn't really into her. Okay, did he tell you that? <laughs> did he tell you that? You gathered. So he didn't tell you. You assumed. Because that's what people who are emotionally unstable do. They assume. Okay, a lot of you would choose to feel, since I'm not a celebrity, he wouldn't be with me and that she would be the obvious choice. I laugh at that. Um, let me stop there. First of all, we don't give a damn if you're a celebrity or not. If you didn't have a relationship with this man, we're going to say that. What does being a celebrity... You, you think so low of the fan community. You think every MJ fan is obsessed with celebrity? That's not true. I'm an MJ fan. I'm not so obsessed with celebrity. So... Why would I think because you're not a celebrity, I wouldn't believe your story. I don't believe your story because you have inconsistencies. I don't believe your story because one minute you say he's asexual, and then in your book, you want to say you had sex with him twice, and then when I tell you personally how many times you had sex with him, he's every time you saw him. So, when I asked you why you didn't say it in the book, you said because you didn't want his mother to know. Now, how am I supposed to deal with that? How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to work with that? But then, if Stephanie Mills says it, I'm supposed to say she's lying because you say so. I'm supposed to say I should look into that because you say so. But your story has like 12 inconsistencies. I'm not supposed to say something ain't right. Okay. He and I, okay. I haven't heard her speak much about, uh, much on what his beliefs were at the time. Uh, she doesn't have to. He and I connected on, connected then and on his and my desire to save the children, even signing up to adopt the child from those newspapers and advertisements. Teresa, you could have said that in the book. You didn't say that in the book because it didn't happen. I would like to believe, too, too, that he had married me as one of his small drops of chocolate. And he wasn't going to marry you. As there were others uh, that we could have rescued him, but he had his own mind. He chose his path. Teresa, you were never going to rescue him. You don't have that mindset. You couldn't even rescue your own son. Who was at one point homeless in the street. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you can't rescue your own son. What makes you think you're going to rescue Michael Jackson? And you know. Did Michael need him rescuing? He married. That, he married two women that were useless to him. Who I'm starting to believe. Especially. Well both of them really. That they were. They were told. You know. They were told to marry him. To spy on him. To get something. Information on him. Because what did they do for him? I mean. Teresa would have married. Michael and give him a hard time like he she did to Todd and, and, and Vincent because that's who she is. Todd and Vincent are two different men with two different personalities, yet she gave him a hard time. So what makes she what makes her think she would have helped him out? She was never gone. She didn't she doesn't have the mindset to help him out. Okay, um, but he okay. Um, he chose his bad. I can't at least say he cared for me as well. Well, he doesn't care for everybody. He cared for Stephanie, too. He, three weeks before he died, he was talking to Stephanie on the phone. That's what Stephanie Mills said, you know. She talked to him three weeks before he died. And he still looked out for it. Sometimes when other girls are approaching me about him, I ask, well, I did he ever invite you to the house? Normally, the answer is no. I was invited and then asked by Michael to move there. I don't get me wrong. I have no jealousies. Uh, I love Stephanie Mills' music. No, you do have jealousies. You're jealous. If you're not jealous, you will make this ridiculous post. 
I don't mean to close this up, but you, I mean she pisses me off. It doesn't make this ridiculous post. I mean, if you're if you're not jealous, you would make this ridiculous post. Jealousy comes from this. We look at the actions, not oh, because I'm not. I, I wrote her albums. That means I am. I I I'm not jealous of Teresa. Uh, not jealous of 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 Stephanie. You are jealous of Stephanie because if you weren't, you wouldn't make this stupid post. Unnecessary posts. What are we talking about? Um, why are we even asking for your opinion? We don't give a damn. You you did this all because you wanted to start shit. Credibility issues. Uh, Teresa did an interview in 2015 that was good, and a year later, something changed. Two people stated that Teresa was not credible. Teresa follows all people on Twitter. Now, Teresa did an interview in 2015 with the late Catherine Gross, uh, Dr. Catherine Gross, uh, about her time with Michael. This was her so-called last interview. So, on my blog, in 2015, I did a rundown, ironically on my birthday, I did a rundown on the interview. And this is what, this is what I, this is what it stated. In the interview, Teresa talks about her time with Michael and how she met him, her letters to him, how she hung out with the family, her special time with him, among other things. Now, at this time, I was believing her story. But by 2016 and now, I started to... I don't believe her story anymore. But at by 2016, I was told by two credible people that Teresa is fibbing. And remember what I said, what Todd said. Go back to what Todd said about her. And it's a part in his message via the fan that confirms who she really is to Michael. Okay? Um, Teresa basically told the listeners that she stated in her book that about her time with Michael on the show. In the interview, Teresa also talked about being an author and the book she had written and currently working on. Teresa stated that she first started writing to Michael in 1970 and finally met him in 1974 when the Jacksons were doing their Vegas shows. Teresa talked about the time she spent alone with Michael and how she was, he was ignoring her on purpose, but then she realized it. Michael started laughing. And Teresa stated that Michael wrote back to her four times, but that she lost those letters. Yeah, that's suspect. Now, when she said it in an interview, I'm not even going to lie, I said, mm, how can you lose letters from Michael Jackson? And she claimed that her brothers saw the letters and, and, and took it, and um, uh, they took the letters and they threw it away or something mess like that. And like I said, uh, that couldn't be me. No one can come to my room and take my letters I don't care who they are. So that was a little odd. Um, any level-headed fan would have put those letters somewhere and nobody would know where they at. So you, you have to you have to start to question if if if, if that really happened. You know what I mean? Is she did he even send her letters? As busy as Michael was, I doubt Michael was <laughs> writing back letters to certain fans. Okay? Um, that was probably her proof to people who are skeptical about her story that she knew Michael. Yeah, well, she threw that proof in the trash. She also talked about, or rather, her brothers supposedly threw that so-called proof, if it, if it happened, away. She lost it. 
or he they lost whatever. She talked about a few things that she did not mention in her book, of course. Teresa said that she was she when she was with Michael in New York City, he took her shopping at Bloomingdale's and brought her a stuffed animal. Teresa stated that um, when she got to the Hemingway estate to meet Michael, Joe was there and asked her why she was there. When Teresa explained to him that she wanted to see Michael, Joe stated to her that he would have to sleep with him in order to meet his son. I'm sorry, excuse me. I doubt that is true. Then Teresa claims that Michael helped her with the marketing of her first book, Obsessions. And in the interview, Teresa also talked about the time she had this strange feeling that Michael was going to die and how she was dealing with his with the loss. Um, there was a person in the interview who kept calling. Her name was Angie, and she was discrediting Teresa. And looking back and on my blog, I didn't like what that fan was doing. But looking back now, I think that fan was onto something. And I posted the link to the interview on the show notes so you guys can listen to it. It's two hours long. Um, and also in the interview, she brought up a person named... Um, I'm not going to say her name, but she you know, was a person who called in, um, oh, a nice sounding lady who called in on the show and, um, uh, she wanted to, you know, talk about Teresa and her being a friend and, and she also stated that she wanted to also tell her story about her time with Michael. So, you know, that was nice. I didn't think anything of it, right? And then I remember I contacted Teresa. This is when I used to communicate with her. And I remember um, contacting her, and I told her about uh, that fan uh, or that individual, that woman was a fan who called, and, and she said um, that she didn't like the I, she didn't like the way the fan called, and she didn't she didn't she was very angry that a fan called, and out of nowhere, just out of the blue, she tells me that this fan has a serious has a serious medical issue that affects her thinking. And I said, okay, why are you telling me this? And thinking to myself, okay, why are you saying this to me? Is anger, if you're that angry that somebody is telling their story or called the show to talk to that person about their time with Michael, that you need to reduce yourself to a very low level and exploit this lady's medical issues to a complete stranger um instead of letting the lady speak and move on you're not the only person that knew michael jackson there are a lot of people that had the blessing of knowing michael you're not the only one supposedly even you i don't know so then a year later i um was on when i had my old twitter account um i had gotten these messages or messages from notifications from two women i'm not going to say who their names are Two women were telling me, oh, don't believe this lady. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's lying. I said, okay. She told my Teresa Gonzalez. So somebody told Teresa about it. And she went on Facebook and told people. So I'm going to tell you what she said, okay? She says, sometimes it really annoys me, but I don't defend it because it just, I just don't bother. But sometimes it gets to be too much. There's a girl named, well, she's a woman who's a mother, who's a grandmother. So she's not a girl. There's a grown woman. There's a woman named who just badmouthed me all over Twitter and Facebook about Michael Jackson. I actually met this woman at Michael's apartment in New York many years ago. In fact, she was one of the two women who, when they were at the time, they were girls, teenage girls, 
who that Michael has said was bothering him and following him everywhere. Where when I was over, he asked what should he do when they again had the doorman call up and they were there. I just uh, let them in and get over with it. Maybe that would help. He was skeptical. Now I stopped right there. <laughs> when Teresa had the nerve to go post this mess, there were some fans that said that one of the women. Now, let me tell you what the other woman told me. Personally, this is when I knew that I have to stop. It was what she said about that fan who called in the radio show. Then she said what she said, um, what the, the individual told me about Teresa. And she said that Teresa is not telling the truth. She took, uh, she took a person's story and made it her own. So in other words, when they will have like phone conversations and talk, I mean Teresa and other fans will have phone conversations talk about the time with Michael. Teresa would take the story of the individual who had the who actually had the connection with him and put it in her book. So whatever she says in her book about her time, Michael, maybe not the Billy Jean part, but some parts of it, it was actually someone else's story. So in other words, she's just telling somebody else's story. So what I was told, I said, okay, I, I, this has to be true. So, this has to be true. There's too many red flags. It has to be true. So then, the uh, the fan, the other woman who contacted me, told me something. And then, uh, she decided to respond to Teresa on Facebook. So, I'm going to read to you what she said. Yes, I am. I still am. I was never a fan or a groupie. I have Michael's home address and phone number, something many regular girls didn't have. I also have other pictures with Michael at different locations, and he had taken many pictures of me with his camera. The last time I seen Michael was the night before September 11th. Michael, a true friend, and I would never lie on him to make me look good. And that's exactly what Teresa did. Go back to reading all the stuff I just said. She painted Michael as some clown that go and ask some doctors to give him medication. Not knowing he had an issue with his face, issue with his body that forced him to look the way he looked and be, be, have to be handled the way he was handled. But Teresa, who, who stated she is also ill physically, should have more sympathy for what he was going through, but no, she makes assumptions. And let's not forget what she what she said about what Todd said about her, and she lied on him. Okay, why would Michael promote the book Obsession? Help promote do the marketing for the book Obsessions about uh, her obsession with some dude? Why would he care when he have better things to do? Yeah, it never happened. Um. I'm sure MJ is rolling over his grave about all these women claiming to have slept with him when actually many hashtag was not his type. Nice to hear. I had his home address long before I even first met him, which was at the time not many did. I visited him and stayed with him with them for a week. And then he asked me to move there, etc., etc. One day, maybe we should chat. I last saw him in 2004, but last spoke to him in 2005. God only knows. Stay with who? Latoya for a week? I know for a fact no one would stay with MJ. The last concert I was invited 
was at the MTV Awards the day before September 11th struck. But I have seen Michael before he passed in New York in the Hensley Palace. We talked briefly. He said he remembers some fans, but he couldn't quite place you. When I showed him your picture, he laughed hysterically. He remembered you and a few others as the number one fan who takes too many pictures. Michael never really liked to talk about people or insult them, but when some someone lies on him, he's not nice. He was a private person. He didn't tell us business. We always had a lot in common. If he was a liar today, liars, uh, I'm sorry. If he's alive today, liars would be put to their place. God rest his soul. May he rest in peace. A true woman never tells her secrets. Ha, huh, funny that you would even think that, that to ask him about me back then, sure. This is what Teresa said. I have no need to lie on him. So continue with the fiction on, of insults. The reason I mentioned you was because we was talking about that apartment he lived in and how the price of rent went up in New York. Sorry if you feel insulted. I was simply stating what he said and no, what I know. Take care. Okay. It should it amazes me how many how people try to act like they know what went on between Michael and me and that he would even openly criticize me to anyone. Right. Shaking my head. Okay, Teresa, you're defeated. First of all, Michael can say what he wants, just like you can say what you want. You have openly criticized him for no reason. He didn't do anything to you. So rightfully so. I'm glad he said that stuff because you weren't a big deal in his life. Like you claim you were. I mean, how? And the co co conclusion of what he what was just said is ridiculous because see what would he what would he have said I lied about he was no longer here when I wrote remember the time yeah you, you lied about Billy Jean I know he wasn't here when you wrote the, your book MJ isn't here to defend himself people are delusional and making up things uh making up making things up they believe in their their own lies. Many people are saying all kinds of things because MJ isn't there, isn't here. There are many people who truly love MJ, and I don't think those that continue to lie on him want his voice to be heard from our mouths because things can get ugly. And I am, and I'm sure no one would be ready for Michael's ghost to pop up in their face. And then she said, and then Teresa said, whatever. They laughing out loud. And then the person said uh, to Teresa, she was laughing, crying emojis, thumbs up. Because she knows Teresa is full of crap. <laughs> and she destroyed her. Here, what was the hashtag? What was the thing that she said on there? If we go back to what Todd said, that Teresa was emotionally unstable and never had any type of relationship with Michael other than a fan-type relationship. What did Sabrina say? Sabrina said that, um... Who? I said her name. Individual said... <clears throat> the individual said, uh, I'm looking for what she said, what, what this individual said. He remembered you and a few others as the number one fan who takes too many pictures. So, there you go. Now, Teresa also, once again, trashed Michael's looks. Uh, oh, before we do that, um... She also, let me see what I, what I talked about. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, once I started to see, saw that post, and I started to see, also, uh, I had a friend who 
visited Teresa in 2018, I think. And when she visited Teresa, the one thing she said happened was Teresa could not stop talking about Michael. She was gossiping about him when she was when she went to visit Teresa. Teresa just couldn't stop gossiping about him. She talked about his looks, talked about how je- her jealousy towards these women, some he never even had a relationship with. She talked about his children and their paternity, like that's any of her business. So, you know, it is a business, all of that. So, it, it boggles the mind when, you know, why would you talk about somebody to my children? Then she had talked, now this is a part she never mentioned in the book, uh, when, um, Michael was becoming that, becoming a big star, in and um, from that transition from the thriller, making the thriller album to the success of thriller, and then getting into the bad era, she said that in that time period, she said that Michael changed. He wasn't the same person. This is what she told my friend. Excuse me, and she and she realized, she believed that that happened to him because. <laughs> Quincy Jones is something horrible to Michael. And I don't want to get into what she said because it is so ridiculous. We know that Michael completely changed from that time because of the fame. The fame was out of control. That's what changed him. He was reserved. He kept to himself. It wasn't because of Quincy Jones doing something supposedly horrible to Michael. But where did Teresa get this these rumors from about Michael's children, about uh, these things about Michael's? If you really knew Michael, why are you saying these things? Why are you joining fans along and telling them fables about this guy? And so when this when the fan came to me and told me this stuff, at first I was like, could this be true? I hope not. But then I said, wait a minute. Where did she get this information about Michael's children not being blanket? Attorney, like if that's any her business, why does she care about these things? Turns out it's not true. It's from some account she follows on Twitter, and that's when I say, you know what? I'm gonna unfriend this lady, and I decided to unfriend Teresa. And then I started to look into stuff she liked and uh, on Twitter and, and people she was following, and red flags all over the place. So when my, one of Michael's uh, children, his daughter, uh, did an interview with Rolling Stone, um, some weirdo made a post saying uh, the archetypical spoiled navigating millennial brainwashed by MJ fans, MJ and fans to believe conspiracies. And basically saying that um, she believed the conspiracies against uh, me and his daughter. We the conspiracies that against Michael and Teresa liked the post. That person insulted that daughter, uh, that man's daughter, like that, and she goes and likes the post, of course. Then I looked at her followings, and she followed a hater account called MJ Facts. Uh, of course, she followed her homegirl, Shane Monaco. Hilarious, stick together. Uh, my resonator hater of Michael's. Uh, Chris Rock. She even followed uh, Wade Robson's sister, Chantel Robson. Probably should follow her. And, of course, our homie, 
that evil Stacey Brown media. She follows him. So God only knows how many fables uh, she was telling or she was getting from Stacey Brown. I follow a guy who has openly called Michael a pedophile with one of them. That's why I say I don't believe Teresa ever believe Michael's innocence. And I, and I don't. Okay. So, in her book, uh, she made uh, comments about one of Michael's friends, Elizabeth Taylor. And what Elizabeth Taylor's people said about Michael. And, and, and this just goes right back to Teresa's obsession with Michael's looks. I'm not a supporter I've never been a supporter of Michael's friends. I only feel like he had a, a certain amount of fan of friends that, to me, were his true friends. But um, I, don't, I mean, I'm not gonna really waste my time on this his friendship with Elizabeth Taylor. It could be, could be a genuine friendship. I mean, she did give him an envelope. Uh, she did give him an elephant. But anyway, um, let me read to you what she said. Now, first, she talks about his face. <laughs> This is her. This is a consistent theme of this movie, too. I'm sorry, of this individual about his face. In mid 1997, I was about to requirement my position because once again, I this is on page 64 of her book. Once uh, again, I wanted to. I wanted out of Los Angeles, and I was about to move to Phoenix to start my own company. Once I heard we would be working on a, a Liz Taylor special, I knew without a doubt she spelled new wrong. <laughs> Without a doubt that you were going to be there, and so would I. It was the Liz Taylor birthday celebration ABC special. This was a special that was done to celebrate her birthday. When ABC did it, I remember this. I never saw the special. I didn't care about that stuff. Um, wasn't, I never saw it. So. The first day you arrived, your security made such a big deal. No one could get to you. But, well, after seeing you that first day, Michael, I am sorry. I was truly taken aback. I was upset at your physical appearance. How shallow did that make me? Oh, God. Teresa, you are shallow is your middle name. That's all you talk about was his looks. I felt, what happened to my Michael? He's not your Michael. He was never your Michael. I immediately left the venue. I was going to go on the line here to tell you. I barely did any work whenever I was backstage anyway, especially when I went to Aruba. For the Sinbad specials. Okay, I'm changing the subject again. I cried all the way home. After I saw you, I remember thinking as well as telling my friends, if I feel this badly, how must his mother feel? Your eyes were sunken in. Frankly, Michael, you reminded me of death and of a corpse. I've always been honest with you, so no need to stop now. Look, this is right here in this entire woman's laughable ridiculous tie with Michael. No decent person who ever knew Michael says this. Now let's get into what uh, in Sadie 64, what Elizabeth Taylor's people and Elizabeth Taylor said about Michael, supposedly. But I'm not even going to say supposedly because Hollywood is so full of questionable people. I wouldn't be surprised if this happened. But, you know, I don't need Teresa Gonzalez to tell me these things. It's probably true. But you know, let's read it anyway. I just happened to see. I was just. I just happened to be sitting behind Elizabeth Taylor, uh, people, and I nearly threw up in disgust as they sat there saying, saying, mocking horrible things about you. Didn't you just say he looked like death? Now you're bothered that somebody else trashing his looks. Really, Teresa? Okay. For what I gather, you have brought Prince Michael. This is the first son. Uh, Prince who's now well. 
over to this home earlier. I don't know if that was a day or what, but this is what they said. Did you see it? Yeah, that baby is white. Where the hell did he get it from? He's such a freak, man. Liz said the same thing. He can't, she can't stand him. Who the hell would give him such a baby anyway? I was so dismayed. Uh, such blatant betrayal. I kicked the back of the chair to let them know I was sitting there. At least it shut them up for the moment. I just didn't want to hear it. Why the hell were you surrounding yourself with these people? I went backstage. Well, you know, he could have surrounded with you, but you're too busy trashing his looks. So, if you believe that, fine. I, I don't know. I don't personally care if it's true or not. Because, um, I mean, a common sense person can see that his friendship with that woman is odd. But we'll talk about that in the future. There is a book on Michael and Elizabeth Taylor's uh, friendship. So we'll look into it. I have the book. It's in paperback. I'm going to take the hardback. But we'll look into the book and talk about it in the near future. The real Teresa Gonzalez. Honestly, I don't even want to say this is the real Teresa Gonzalez. Um, but there's a tweet that she did that I, you know, uh, uh, there's a tweet that she did that bothered me. And I decided to screen capture it. And I said, hmm. And... She said, what does one do when your son is homeless in Phoenix and his dad is homeless in Los Angeles and you're about to buy a brand new house in Vegas? Oh, and when Teresa uh, talks about Michael's, you know, bashing his look, she doesn't bring up his skin disorder because she doesn't believe he has one. And then she goes and says this about her son that she named Michael after, who was homeless in Phoenix, and his father, the one she wrote a book about, Obsessions, who was homeless in Los Angeles now, and then she's going to buy a house in Vegas. Now, I'm not here to judge anyone's parenting skills, but if this was my child homeless in the street, first of all, I wouldn't tell people this. I would have kept all this to myself, especially when you parade your son on TV saying this is a kid that's named after Michael, and then you write a book called Obsessions, uh, basically uh, talking about your uh, uh, this obsession with a, with a man who didn't want you like that. I wouldn't say any of this stuff. I would have kept this to myself. But that's not Teresa Gonzalez. Teresa Gonzalez has to tell everything. She has to say these things because that's who she is. Now, the rating system of the book, Rating system 1 equals bad slash poor and 10 equals excellent slash, slash perfect. We rate it on credibility, design, knowledge of subject, accuracy, and impact. Credibility. Can the book be believable? I'm going to say no. So I'm going to give it 5 out of 10. Really, I should give it 3 out of 10. You know why we already discussed it throughout this review that, she, that we're not even sure if half of this, even almost all of the stuff she said is even true. The cover, the amount of design, the cover, the amount of pages, the author's name, display, copyright, publishing company, 10 out of 10, they're all there. You can see the design, you can see the the copyright, the publishing company. It was actually, the, the design is a drawing of Michael looking down what it looks like to be a letter. But it's 
the drawing is based on a real picture that Michael that was taken of Michael in 1984 when he was in Disneyland, but he didn't look at the paper. He was just looking down. And so the person who draw the picture, the picture, of course, she made she made sure to draw a picture of him from the thriller era, you know, because she trashes his looks after a certain time. He wasn't looking what he used to look in the 80s. So she decided, oh, why don't you make it where he where he looked a certain way, and then we can go from there. Because, you know, she always trashes his looks after the thriller era. So, she got the uh, author, author, the uh, illustrator to draw Michael looking at a letter, probably one of the letters she sent to him. Knowledge of subject. Does the author know enough about the subject? I would say 5 out of 10. Not really. Especially when uh, she trashes the man uh, having multiple doctors, not knowing that he had he has autoimmune disorders, ignoring what the autopsy found in his body. Uh, that there were no drugs in the system, and then uh, calling him deaf in her book, uh, but uh, well, he looks like deaf in his book, but doesn't acknowledge that he has skin disorder. So no, uh, five out of ten accuracy is a book factual, true. One out of ten, it's it's not true. Can't be. Impact can the book make an impact on how Michael Jackson should be remembered? One out of ten, I hope not. <laughs> no, this is not the book you need to get to um, uh, remember Michael from. We're not even sure if it's true. Uh, overall, I do believe Teresa Gonzalez met Michael, um, in the past. I do believe she knew him. I do believe, uh, she knew him enough to say what she used to say about him, which is not a lot. I think that Teresa wish she had that connection with Michael, but really, realistically, she never did. So she compensates for that for saying all kinds of stuff. And when you really break down all the stuff that I gathered and including what she said in her book, you realize that there's no credit there's no evidence of what she's saying, especially with the Billy Jean situation, especially with their relationship. She would tell people off the record, well, we didn't really have a relationship, but then talk about it in the book. Then won't say all of it because she doesn't want to upset his mother. You will start to realize that maybe she's just Yesing. So, I don't really think this is a book I recommend fans to get. I feel fans shouldn't bother with any book dealing with her, with her time with Michael. If you believe her, regardless of whatever I said, that's okay. Because you, you lack critical thinking. But if you start to question her, that means that you're, you're accepting the fact that she could be lying. I did believe her book. I bought her book. She even signed the book for me. But as time went on, I I have to judge people based on how they treat people. When you uh, knock people who have autoimmune disorders, who are dealing with some stuff personally in their lives, emotional issues that that is plaguing their life, and you out them privately to others that did not ask for that, when you belittle a, a child's paternity, alleged paternity, because you feel you need to say something, you have an issue. You have some type of obsession, this uh, authoritative type of mindset where I can say anything because the sad reality is Michael never stopped you. Michael never said, hey, hey, stop talking about me. Or, hey, you know, he never thought her of, harm of being harmless or harm harmful to him. And maybe... That's the issue. You know, he didn't think that she would do this because he didn't bear in mind. 
It's okay. It's a regular fan. I, I don't. She's not gonna do anything questionable. But the sad reality is that you need to handle people like her immediately. She shouldn't go this far and write a book after you die and make up stories. She already said what she needs to say. So in the past, and and we should stand by that. So maybe in the future, as fans, we need to start being more. Uh, what's that word? Um, I just had this. Um, have this dissertation for everybody. Everybody should be looked upon with a, a, a fine tooth nail and, and question and and tag along because people just be fable, just be lying. I don't care how credible they sound. That doesn't make it true. And to watch a person has a history of trashing men, her brother, uh, her sons, the fathers of her sons, Michael, this is a problem. This lady has an issue. You know, the two of her, the two of the fathers of someone is not with us anymore. He passed away. Um, she made sure to, to, to just trash him. Oh, he was a, he was a, I was a man who I was obsessed with. He's homeless now. He's useless in my life and I don't pay him no mind. Uh, doesn't, didn't have a good relationship with neither of her sons and makes up stories about Michael. It gets to the point where, you know, what's really going on? And I need MJ fans to start thinking like that and stop thinking, oh, everybody, everybody that says so, so-called nice to my Michael really, really do like him. No, they don't. So that's how I'm going to end it here. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, and more reviews of books are coming. Not right away, because I got to read the book first, and then do the reviews. But I hope you enjoy this, uh, this episode. Have a nice day. Bye.